This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. Hi, Robbie. Hi. I'm well, thank you. So welcome again to our chat. Oh, thank you for having me. And tell us, what is wellness to you? So I think wellness to me is really um, looking at things, um, all different aspects of our life. So for me, it's really about, um, you know, physical health, but it's also about emotional, spiritual well-being. And also, um, you know, a big part of that is also you know, looking good and feeling good. So I think it's a combination of all those things really for me. And I think that, um, you know, optimum wellness is really when you have balance in all aspects of your life, I think. Um, so, you know, physical health, but also emotional, internal, and, you know, feeling good about yourself. And I always feel like, you know, if you get all those aspects of life um, sort of in balance, then, you know, you're going to feel your best. Yes, absolutely. Um, tell me, tell us a little bit about what you do. And I'll start with asking you and why you chose not to work with injectables. You know, in our world today, where yes. people are going out in their lunch hour and getting Botox and things sure. like that. Why did you choose that? Yeah, I suppose I, I've ended up with a very niche practice because really, I mean, going back, I started to think about skin health and, and the kind of practice I wanted, um, you know, about 10 years ago. And at that time, you know, there really, there was only really injectables. But, mm -hmm. you know, to me, what I wanted, I was 30 when I started the practice. I'm 41 now. Um, Don't but, you tell know, us your age. We were 30, <laughs> 25. Oh, you're very kind, but no, I'm 41 and, and, you know, proud of it. You know, I think that getting older is a privilege. So, you know, for me, it was about aging well. And, you know, I wanted, um, I wanted to be proactive with prevention and maintenance, but I didn't necessarily want to go down the injectable route myself. And so the focus of my practice really ended up being skin tone and texture, because ultimately, in my opinion, um, and in my experience over the past, you know, number of years, what really makes us look youthful is even skin tone and smooth skin texture. So, you know, having some lines from expression, smile lines, you know, they add to the character of your face. Absolutely. And I... I personally don't want to take them away. I mean, for sure, I have lines around my eyes because I smile a lot. And, you know, um, you do get those lines from expression, but I wouldn't want to take those away. And I think that you don't want to lose the character in your face. Yeah. So for me, it was all about tone and texture. That's really the focus of my practice. And I started to see that as we get older, a lot of women were feeling like they needed more coverage. So foundation, makeup, but actually that's quite aging. Mm -hmm. So as we get older, you know, really ideally you want to be using less makeup, less foundation. And the way to feel confident, you know, with your skin and feel happy to be able to wake up in the morning, walk out the door and not put anything on is really working on skin tone and texture. So that's become the focus of my practice really. And, you know, by default, I've ended up doing a lot of work with hyperpigmentation um, because that's such a common issue that comes up in my practice all the time, you know, uh, particularly with South, South Asian skin, pigmentation is a big issue. 
Um, so, you know, I spend a lot of my time helping people deal with that. And I think that that, you know, by default has become a big part of my practice and skin peels I sort of fell into because I'd done some training in the States and, you know, doctors in the UK don't really work with uh, medical grade peels so much, but in the US they're very widely used and they're actually very effective, but very underrated in my opinion. Right. So I sort of ended up doing a lot more of that, that, and, you know, I think it's just, really being guided by what people wanted. And, um, you know, in terms of the injectables, it's not that I'm anti-injectables. It's just that I personally feel that, you know, in today's day, as you said, a lot of people feel, um, you know, it's the first thing that they do. It's, it's yeah. a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And I think really to get optimum skin health, you know, it's a journey and you've got to look after the inside. You've got to do all the other, the other bits and pieces and maybe the injectables are one piece of that. Um, but they're not, you know, what I focus on, but, you know, I have many patients who will have injectables with other doctors and then come and see me for their skin. And that's totally fine. You know, each to their own. It's just that because I choose not to go down that route myself, right. I don't feel comfortable, you know, doing that for my patients. And I just think that there are, alternatives and there are different things that you can focus on you know treatments to stimulate your own collagen and that's really the focus of my practice so you know I think each to their own you, everyone has to decide what approach they want yeah and I think there's so much out there so I'm just you know I'm that doctor for the people who don't want to go down that route and you know if they if if they do want something and i feel the only way they can achieve it is through you know either some botox or um you know something like that then i'll refer them to one of my colleagues so right. you know i think it's you have to look at everyone as an individual the only thing i would say is that you know unfortunately i feel people having injectables are now starting to have them much younger mm -hmm. um and I think that's a shame because I personally don't think that's a good thing. And I actually think you can end up aging yourself, you know? So I, some young girls in their twenties who've had a lot of injectables end up oh, looking boy. the same as, you know, women in their forties. So, oh. you know, I think you need to be careful. So less is more in my opinion. Oh, lovely. And tell me, do, what is the main issue that you see? Because you're saying you do a lot in response to what your clients are looking for. What are the main skin issues you'd see that people come to you for? So, I mean, look, as I said, pigmentation's become a really big part of my practice. I think partly because of the type of skin I have, you know, the fact that I help people with, you know, Asian skin, Middle Eastern skin, and pigmentation is such a, a big issue for those um, for those skin types. But I think, you know, everything from acne to acne scarring, uh, psoriasis, eczema, all sorts of skin issues where people are just looking for a, a slightly um, more holistic approach. So then maybe they don't want to go down the medication route or they've tried, you know, courses of medication. They've been to see their doctor. They haven't got the results that they were looking for. And so, you know, they might end up coming to see me because they want to try something a little bit different or they want a, an alternative combination approach because you know what I end up doing is really putting together plans for people that incorporate not only products but also you know supplements and and dietary changes and then treatments as well okay so you mentioned acne and older people's acne spots and acne ages yeah so 
Well, I mean, look, I think adult onset acne is becoming increasingly common. And I think there's a lot of um, reasons for that. But, you know, traditionally, acne is something that we see around puberty. So, you know, teenagers, young people, and that's primarily hormonal, hormonally driven. So, you know, you have a surge in testosterone, usually a change in the balance of hormones that leads to increased sebum production, and then you get breakouts. So, you know, that's one aspect. So the hormonal aspect, which tends to be, you know, in, in younger people. But I think increasingly what's happening is that, you know, first of all, people's hormone balance is um, being affected by lots of different uh, environmental factors. I think there's, you know, uh, a lot more polycystic ovarian syndrome mm-hmm. out there, which affects um, hormone uh, levels and can also contribute to adult acne. Um mm-hmm. And then I think there's also a lot of, uh, you know, dietary factors as well and internal inflammation. So, you know, I think all these things kind of contribute. So, you know, it's it's really interesting. I think that there is definitely also a, a genetic element, um, but I think there's a lot more environmental sort of factors now that come into play. And stress is a big one. You know, in the past year, we've seen so many, um, you know, increase in breakouts and a lot of it is stress related because again, stress, you know, it raises your, your cortisol and, you know, increased cortisol levels affect the um, hormone uh, cascade. So you end up with, again, potentially changes in hormone balance, which can contribute to breakouts. So I think there's so much going on and people um, often just are not really sure what to do about it. And I think, again, you have to go back to the root. Like it's very easy to prescribe a medication Mm -hmm. and sometimes that works in the short term. But often what happens is that, you know, the the underlying issue is still there. So the acne can continues until you, yeah, until you get to the bottom of it. So I think, you know, for me, it's really about helping people long term to, you know, sort out the underlying issue, whether that's a hormonal thing, whether it's a dietary thing, whether it's internal inflammation, and then just giving them the right combination of products to be using at home to support their skin as well. Okay. And what about acne scars? What do you prescribe for those? Yeah, so acne scars, I mean, I think the thing with with acne scarring is, first of all, there's no point doing anything in terms of treatment until you get on top of the active acne because otherwise you're just going to be in a cycle. So you'll end up, you know, with spots and then marks and scars, and then you'll be in a cycle of treating one and then a new one comes out. So I think the first thing is to get the active acne under control. And then when you've stopped breaking out, if you want to address the scarring, then I think microneedling is a great in-clinic treatment, which gets great results. And I think in terms of topicals to be using at home, some form of vitamin A, so retinol, or tretinoin really helps um, with skin resurfacing. So it helps improve the appearance of scars. Okay, fantastic. And tell me now, the other thing that I got lots of questions about was aging skin. So what do you recommend for aging skin and what age should people start? How young should they start looking after their skin? So, you know, aging skin is, again, you know, you can look at it in a number of different ways. There's different things that happen to our faces as we get older, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, changes to the the skeleton. So bone changes, um, you know, muscle changes, 
changes in fat composition. So, you know, there's lots of different levels of the aging face, but if you're just looking at skin, um, I would say the number one thing that everyone can do is protect their skin from sun damage. So sunscreen, uh, some form of mineral-based sunscreen, ideally every day because UVA, which is what contributes to skin aging, comes through the clouds. So even on a cloudy day in London, you're still exposed to low-level UVA. So I think, you know, number one is protect your skin. And then I think that the next thing I would say is, you know, protect your collagen. So our collagen levels start to decrease from the age of about, you know, 25, definitely from 30 onwards. But, you know, early to mid 20s, we start to see a decline in, in collagen production. So right. maintaining collagen uh, in, in the skin with the right topical ingredients. So things like vitamin C, which is an antioxidant, but is also a precursor for collagen. So having some form of vitamin C in your skincare in the morning will really help. And then some form of retinol at night, definitely from the age of about 30, 35 onwards, depending on your skin type, I think really helps. And then there are some really interesting new peptides that are coming out which help uh, stimulate collagen. And, you know, that's something that I've been really interested in and have incorporated into the products that I'm going to be launching um, in the next month or so. So, um, you know, I think that there, there are some really interesting new um, active ingredients that can contribute to collagen production as well. Okay, okay. that sounds amazing, actually. This new peptide sounds really interesting. Yeah, I mean, some of them have actually been around for a long time, but the peptides that I'm actually bringing into my product range, I've been working with in clinic for many years, but we, we didn't really have good retail products. We didn't have anything to give to people to buy or use at home. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy to be able to bring that into a home care range because I think particularly after the past year of, you know, COVID and, you know, who knows what the future holds in terms of in-clinic treatments. But I think that's what people want. You know, they want effective uh, products that they can use at home and really get the results. And that they're in control of rather than always having to go to somebody. Yes. Totally. Um, and what about the other uh, area that people ask a lot about is around the area around the eyes? Yes. Because even so, in young people, that's very delicate. You see, sometimes it's quite damaged yeah totally and again i think sun protection is a big thing so i think you know wearing sunglasses when you're in uh, prolonged uh, sort of sun exposure if you're out all day um you know if you're exercising outside then you do want to protect your skin mm -hmm. so um you know sunglasses sunscreen really important um but then i think you know eye creams are controversial because you don't necessarily always need a separate eye cream it really depends on the formulation okay. but again you want to be using the right active ingredients at the right concentrations. Um, and I think, you know, if a product's well formulated um, and doesn't have any potentially irritating um, ingredients, then you should be able to use it around the eye area. But obviously always check first if, if it's a formulation that you can do that with. But again, you know, some form of vitamin C in the morning, some form of retinol, vitamin A at night will help support the um, eye area. And there are some really concentrated eye treatments as well that I recommend. Um, and there's a few eye products that I, I, I really like. There's one called Opti Crystals by Cosmetics. 
There's another really concentrated one um, that you can only get from doctors called Eye Doctor. Um, so that's one that we, we prescribe for people as well. And then I do a lot of eye peels to really help with under eye darkness. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And they get great results. So I think, you know, they do work. You just, um, you know, you need to be consistent and you need to have a routine. Okay. And tell us, you know, I love that you sort of have a more holistic approach to it. So what is the new exciting scientific discoveries that you've come across recently in skin health? So, you know, I think what's interesting is, you know, like I said, there's always there's always new and interesting active ingredients. I think, you know, um, various uh, growth factors, stem cells, peptides, there's, there's always new combinations coming onto the market, which I think are really interesting. I think it takes time to see how they perform because you don't always have the studies, um, but right. it, it takes time to kind of see what the outcomes will be when you use them you know, in clinic or, you know, in product. But there are, you know, really interesting formulation developments. Um, I think that there's some new forms of vitamin A coming onto the market, which are a lot less irritating than previous formulations. So that's really exciting. And I think there's also um, really interesting online skin analysis tools, um, you know, augmented reality, uh, you know, things where you take a selfie and, you know, uh, there'll be some sort of computer program that will scan and, and then give you advice based on, based on the oh, outcomes. Oh. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of that sort of thing that's going to come onto the market. Um, and I think there's a lot of technological um, advancement in terms of at-home devices as well. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, as I mentioned, I think there's a lot more demand for tools, devices, right. things people can use effectively at home. So I think we're, we're going to be seeing a lot more of that as well. So any, when you're talking about at-home devices, so anything that's really state-of-the-art, which, which has come out with maybe a lot of people won't know about that you recommend in terms of a device? Um, you know, I, I think that there's nothing that is so new per se but I think that there are forms now that bring some of the technologies uh, into people's homes more easily so you know LED light there's yes. now a lot of masks that are much more accessible they used to be really only available in clinic and they were very expensive and um, you know not necessarily so easy to use but I think now there are, uh, there are great at-home options um, I think that there's even at-home microneedling devices. Um, and in fact, I've just done a, a little guide to at-home uh, tools and treatment. That's lovely. Yeah. And tell us, given that, you know, we want to empower everyone with health and wellness. And yes. obviously you feel like that as well. And, you know, that's one of the reasons you've chosen not to do stuff that yes. you don't do on yourself, which is creditable. So tell me, what would you what is your last advice to our followers so you know i think less is more be consistent and find a skin expert or someone whose approach you really believe in and who you trust and stick with them because i think what ends up happening often is so people get really confused and they kind of um you know come across one opinion here and then something else over there they don't know who to listen to and so I always say, you know, just find somebody who you, whose approach really resonates with you. Because, you know, at the end of the day, 
we're all different. We all have slightly different approaches um, and we all have a slightly different focus. So I think you just need to find someone who you connect with and then really, um, you know, stick to their regime or to what they recommend because then you'll really see results. That's wonderful. Do laser facials work for everyone? So, you know, I don't think they work for everyone. I think it really depends on your skin type. I think they can be good for some people, um, but you really need to know what laser is being used and the settings that it's being used at, um, because not all lasers and not all settings are suitable for all skin types. So I think, you know, you really need to go somewhere where you, uh, where you trust that they know what they're doing and they also understand your skin type. Uh, because laser for, for some skin types, even like my skin, so, you know, South Asian skin, um, I, you know, I've, I've had pigmentation from, from laser, um, oh, wow. you know, as a response to that. And that's going to someone who really, you know, should know exactly what they're doing. And you can still end up with, um, with, with issues because our skin is just prone to putting down melanin. So I think you need to be really careful, particularly if you have um, Middle Eastern or Asian skin. Okay. What would you suggest for pigmentation? Okay. So pigmentation is a huge subject, which we could probably talk for, you know, as a separate thing, but very briefly, what I would say is, first of all, you know, uh, for many people, pigmentation is a lifelong chronic issue. So there's no cure. It's about managing it. And the way to manage it is to limit your exposure to the sun, which is usually the main trigger. And also to look at the hormonal um, uh, levels because changes in hormone balance, again, can be a very big contributing factor. So for a lot of people, they have pigmentation issues around pregnancy or around menopause because that combination of the change in internal hormone levels um, as as well as exposure to UV is like a recipe for pigmentation. Ah, okay. So people really need to understand what the contributing factors are and then manage their exposure to those. And then you need to support your internal um, health by increasing your antioxidant intake. So, you know, you then need to have the right products, the right supplements and the right treatments. And then, and then it's a chronic, you know, it's, it's a maintenance regime. So you never kind of think of pigmentation as okay that's it I'm doing a treatment and it's gone forever because usually yeah yeah usually what happens is you can get it to go away but the minute you're out in the sun or by the time summer arrives again often what happens is it comes back so you're constantly managing it so you know in terms of like my top takeaways I would say vitamin C is like Mm -hmm. the easiest and probably one of the most effective things to incorporate so liposomal vitamin C as a supplement so an oral supplement Mm -hmm. and then some form of vitamin C topically so Mm -hmm. on your skin Um, and then I I mean I work with peels to really help uh, with pigmentation management and and we get great results Um, so you know finding someone who really understands pigmentation and can do very uh, customized peels because again you don't want to be too aggressive because then you can cause more pigmentation so you know it's getting the balance right but in terms of you know the easy things i would say is start taking a liposomal vitamin c supplement and start using vitamin c on your skin start with that and i would avoid hydroquinone because hydroquinone often leads to rebound pigmentation and what that means 
is that initially you'll get some improvement, but when you stop using it, often the pigmentation all comes back. Okay. So it's not a long-term solution in my experience. Okay. And what about eye bags? Okay. So again, I mean, the definitive solution for eye bags is surgical. I mean, there, I, I wouldn't um, sort of say to you that any of the, the sort of non-invasive treatments are really going to work because what an eye bag is, is the movement of a fat pad. So it's an anatomical, um, you know, change in the face. So that's the ultimate solution, but there are some non-invasive things that can help. So for example, you know, the Plexa treatment that I mentioned mm -hmm. can help. Some types of laser can help. Um, you know, I find that the eye peels that I do work more for discoloration. They're not really going to help with eye bags, but you know, they can certainly help with the improving the appearance of the under eye area. Um, but, the only real definitive solution is, is surgical. Okay. And I'm going to ask you two very quick questions. One is, is Obagi good? I don't know what okay. So Abaji, look, it's, it's a medical uh, grade skincare range um, mm -hmm. prescribed by doctors, developed by, um, uh, you know, a doctor called Abaji in the States about 30 years ago. And, you know, it was a great medical skincare line, particularly when it launched, it was probably the first of its kind. I've worked with it over the years. And, you know, I think it had its place. My personal opinion is that, you know, technology has moved on. We now have access to, uh, you know, newer formulations, newer active ingredients. And, you know, in my opinion, Abaji is a very aggressive range, which, which, you know, I personally, I think that there are other less aggressive approaches which are actually just as effective in the long term. So I am personally not a huge fan of it because it's not the route that I, um, you know, sort of go down. And I find now because of the way, you know, people's lifestyles are, people don't want a lot of downtime. So something like a baji is very aggressive. You'll get a lot of skin peeling, a lot of redness um, and a lot of people, you know, just can't tolerate that. It doesn't work for them. So I prefer things that are, you know, maybe slightly more longer term. So they might take a bit longer to get the results, but they're going to be less aggressive and less downtime along the way. Okay. And I have a great question for you for the last question. How can you make the skin glow? I don't know if you have a Oh, yes. Like a lot of people <laughs> are selling in the counters. Yes. I mean, I wish. Look, I think look, glowing skin is the ultimate goal, isn't it? So it's what we all want. But you know, there's, I think of it in two ways, you know, you can get a very, um, a very quick, superficial glow by exfoliating skin. I think there's some great enzyme based masks. I like one called pure enzymes by cosmetics. It's on my website. I think that's a good, um, you know, very gentle, but effective exfoliant. And I think that that you know, kickstarts that that whole skin renewal process, which is, you know, which contributes to glowing skin. At the end of the day, um, you know, you need to get rid of the dead skin cells on the surface of the skin for skin to glow. But the ultimate glow is really, you know, from the inside. So you need to be eating well, you need to be sleeping well, you need to be not drinking too much alcohol, but drinking plenty of water, you need to be hydrated. Um, and, you know, if you're doing all of those things, then your skin really is going to glow, um, you know, from the inside 
out. And I think that that's the the ultimate glow is really when you are addressing um, all these different aspects. But I think the exfoliators are a good a good quick fix. Okay, that's lovely. Thank you for all Thank the you. advice. Take care. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.